So the system not only affects white people, it affects black people. Mm-hmm. And black people don't trust the system, are hyper sensitive and vigilant towards whites and, and parts of the system, don't trust the healthcare system, don't trust. And so that's the impact, another impact of the system, n- not white privilege, but black suspicion. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Intersection, a podcast that takes a real look at how race and relationships intersect. We will look at how our unique and diverse lives intersect with thousands of people on a regular basis and how the gospel intersects with each facet and issue that we face. Join us as we look at how we can set our eyes on the life of Christ as a source of compassion for each of our relationships. Our hosts include Pastor Jeff Bogue, Senior Pastor at Grace Church of Greater Akron, Bishop Joey Johnson, Founder and Senior Pastor at the House of the Lord, and Pastor Coach Kemp Boyd, Co-Pastor at Garden City Church and Executive Director for Love Akron. Keep listening as we cross paths on today's episode of The Intersection. Well, thank you both for being with us here on another episode of The Intersection, where we are seeking to encounter one another and all of the things that are going on um, and talk about how this intersection, how we we meet Jesus here and Jesus meet us, meets us as well at this place. And so last episode, we talked about the pain behind the problem, kind of, if you will, the premise of this episode, we're going to be talking about, you know, how can we help? to heal when pain is not being acknowledged. So it's kind of the discussion of what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? So what comes first? Is it, you know, the healing or the acknowledgement of the pain and that healing has to take place. So as always, I'm never by myself. If I was, we'd be in a whole different podcast and the <laughs> intersection would not be the title of this podcast. It would just simply be, be the individualness. Yeah, the, the individualness <laughs> of podcast. <laughs> So with me are um, two mighty men of God, my friends, my brothers, Bishop Joey Johnson and Pastor Jeff Bogue. How are we doing today, brothers? Good, good. Good to be together. Outstanding. Outstanding. Good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, Pastor Jeff Bogue, which one comes first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, Probably the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Bishop, which one comes first? Chicken We're off to a flying start. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'll, whatever, whatever Jeff says. Whatever Jeff says. So it's the chicken. So are we in agreement that you can have healing from a pain without acknowledgement? No. Or does it have to be acknowledged first? You say no, Bishop. Why? No. Um, you know, um, the first step of help helping anybody is that they have to know they need help. If they don't know they need help. You're just trying to help somebody who's unaware of what's going on. I've, I've been reading a new book. I sent you guys some stuff off of the obliviousness of and shared family systems. Denial is uh, being unaware of something that I once knew. I knew it, but I no longer want to know it or want to see. Obliviousness, I never knew it. And I think part of the problem we're having right now is we're trying to have discussions 
about pain that has not been acknowledged, about realities that we are not, um, that we haven't, uh, we, there may not be denial. I, I think that I've come to a new point. It's not denial. Denial for some people, yeah, for sure, they're denying it, but not denial, they can't see it. The, fam the system that they are in makes you oblivious to some of the things that are going on. So but it's going to be a it's going to be a help for some folks, I believe, when we start talking about it from that way, because it's, it's not something they're trying to do, even though it's got impact. So, so let, let me let me say this, Bishop, and let me just be this guy. Right. Take this as you will. I don't mean this to be offensive. So, Bishop Johnson, are you letting white people off the hook and saying that they're just oblivious and they're not denying my pain as a black man? No, but but when you when you start talking about white privilege, most white folks just tune out anyway. So you you can go ahead and have the discussion with yourself if you want to. Um, they're not listening, and it's not a matter of letting them off the hook. I believe if you guilt trip people and put them on a guilt trip, you know this is what you should be guilty about. This I, I don't think that's the the approach. Nor do I think whites should be guilty about a system they didn't create. Um, I'm talking about present white folks didn't create. Earlier systems were created, but they're not the, not where we are right now. And um, but it comes to you whether you want to or not. Not so much that. How are you going to respond to the system? How are you going to deal with the system? Let me, I better give her a little more information since I said that. If if information systems, this is about this is about family system. If there's systems all over the place, systems have to take in information, but there's far too much information for a system to take in. So what happens is systems give attention to certain things that are important, whatever it might be. Families give attention to certain things that are important. That means they left out a whole lot of information that they can't deal with because it would be overwhelming. It's like going on the web and looking up something and finding 12 billion bits of information. You can't process that. You have to pick out something and deal with it. So what happens is in that area that you're not dealing with, you become oblivious to. And you're oblivious to it because it allows the system to operate. It protects the system from certain things, maintains the status quo, seems to work. Although what's in the obliviousness could hurt you, could be damaging. But, you, but you're not aware of that. So these systems are all over the place. They interact with one another. Um, and therefore, I think that's what's going on. We're trying to have a discussion with people who, I don't know what you're talking about. Pastor Jeff, deep in thought. I see you there, brother. I am deep in thought. I was, I was trying to process all that through. I think, I think there's a conversation that... Um, I think this is a conversation that you have to put into levels. Uh, so I, I thought I was real fascinated with what uh, Bishop was saying about, um, you know, trying to talk to white people about systemic racism and those kind of things because they're oblivious to it or they don't understand it or they didn't cause it. And so I think what happens a lot of times is we talk about systems and then we will look at an individual and say, see you're a part of that system and i'm and i would look at you and say i'm a person i'm not a system i, I don't function as a system i didn't do anything i didn't mean to do anything and i and i think i think in order to and then what happens is this uh you're hurting now i'm hurting 
and hurting people just hurt each other. You know, I, I, I say the, I say to our church all the time, what human beings do best is we sin against each other. It's our nature <laughs> to do that. So when all of that ping-ponging goes back and forth and you hurt me and I hurt you and you hurt me and I hurt you, that's what breaks down the ability to have the communication. I think in this, in this kind of a conversation, if you can layer it, and I actually think if you can start with the individual, because it's, it's like one thing, like Kip, if you came to me and said, um, you know, the system has oppressed us for hundreds and hundreds of years, and I feel that oppression is not, I would look at you and I would say, I don't understand at all what you're talking about. Like, I, I don't, I'm not a part of it. Um, I'm not a black man. I haven't felt the ramifications of it. Like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. But if you came to me and said, um, I am hurt, or I tried to get a job and I felt like they turned me down because of the color of my skin, or somebody said something to me, that is a different conversation to me. Because I, can un I cannot understand systematic things, but I can understand somebody being unfair to me or somebody, I can even understand somebody being uh, uh, pre prejudiced against me. Like I can understand that on different levels. And if I can hear that and engage that as a individual, as a friend to a friend, from that building block, I can start to understand what you mean by systems. Does that make sense? Like makes, I think, I think we, start over, we start over each other's heads sometimes. Yeah. And, and it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense, but I think it also is the problem. Um, okay. In my recent reading, I'm dealing with the fact that Americans come at everything from an individualistic perspective. It's individual. Yeah, I can that's American. That. That's Western society. Yeah. Okay. So how do we ever get to what the system is doing? We, we belong to, let's say, for a family system and it operates where uh, whatever family system is, it's got family rules, it's got family dynamics, it's got, and you're a part of a group, but we don't want to be a part of that group. We keep wanting to, to opt out. I'm, I'm an individual. I, I don't know what's going on. Whether you acknowledge it, whether you understand it or not. You are a part of that system. When you can begin to deal with that system, then we can begin to see the impact of those things upon everybody in the system. But as long as we stay at the individualistic level, um, I think that, that that can be helpful, but it has a limit. We can only go so far. And then I opt out. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a part of that. Yeah, I think I think with that, what I when I say that, I think I mean as a starting point, mm -hmm. um, because I, I think I think if you make a problem so big, it's overwhelming, and that's what causes me to opt out. You know, when, when I'm when I'm frustrated with um, the government or I'm frustrated with COVID, I just go into my own backyard and mind my own business, right? it's hard for me to understand how that affects me because it's overwhelming. If I can understand how it affects an, an individual, and then I can understand how it affects that individual, it's just concentric circles, then these people, these people, these people, now I can understand the system, right? 
Bishop, uh, I don't even remember when it was, it was a long time ago. We were, uh, I think on this podcast, maybe it was something else, but um, we were talking about driving while black. And uh, you were talking about being raised in the South. And then you were talking about uh, how your, maybe it was your dad or just the, the older guys in your life were talking about how you have to think as a black child, a black kid now that you're driving. Like, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. But if, if, if the conversation was just like, there's a, there's a systemic problem with driving while black, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. But if we build it up, now, this, now it makes sense to me what's being said because it, 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 it was communicated on levels that I could download going through that. So I think it's a starting point that gets us to the right conversations. Um, because I do think that oblivious thing that uh, Joey was talking about is a, is a real thing. Things that don't, just think about it as like men. And when our daughters and our wives or other sisters in Christ talk to us, they're like, you guys don't understand what it's like to be a woman. I'm like, right. 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 <laughs> I'm not, I don't think about it. I don't, it doesn't cross my mind. But if you were yeah. telling me about being held down or pressed down or sexualized, sure. I could understand sure. that more. Uh, I think you're right. And I, I think that it is a great beginning point. I don't think we get much beyond that. Um, let me give you an example of obliviousness that I'm working on be, to, to do a presentation for. I have a, um, uh, a pass called CLEAR. And CLEAR is a biometric uh, mm -hmm system by which they you send in your information and they pre-screen you and then you go in and you put your finger on the thing and it says yes you are who you say you are then they push you to the front of the line in the airport now this is not tsa tsa you have your own line clear you're in the regular line but they move you to the front and when they move you to the front people are really having a problem. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I've been standing here for 10 minutes. How does he get to go in front of me? Okay, here's obliviousness. I paid $179 for the year to get cleared. The fact that you're having a problem doesn't matter to me. <laughs> and I'm a, uh, some folks are oblivious to it. They don't care. They don't see the people that I'm not. I don't use clear anymore because I'm not oblivious. When I'm being pushed to the front of the line, I see how people are reacting. And I'm like, I, I don't like that. Well, I'm going to try to help some of my white brothers and sisters understand that the entire American system makes you oblivious to what's going on in other areas. We can talk about it from an individualistic perspective, but that won't give you awareness necessarily. Something has to happen where you see what's going on. And I'm not sure what that is. It could be what you're saying. It could be the starting point when individualism, I happen to believe Americans get stuck in individualism and never goes any further, but um, it's, a, it's a point. It's a starting point. Kent, what do you want to say? You're looking, you're looking serious, man. 
<laughs> well, I just want, I want to bring us back to because of this obliviousness, we never get to the point of acknowledgement, right? Right. And and two, because I, I do agree with Pastor Jeff, I love the individual aspect of it, but I do think that becomes a start and a start and a stop. I'm sorry. It becomes mm -hmm. oh, it becomes where I start at, but also stop there because I, I've made the encounter with the one. But then there's a ripple effect that happens. And so the obliviousness doesn't cause us always to acknowledge because I'm oblivious to it, which I think it even goes back to, to different episodes that we've had. Um, I think, you know, Pastor Jeff, that's what really kind of let us continue to do this is because, hey, I didn't know how much my two brothers, Kemp and Bishop, were hurting. I was oblivious to that. Right. Right. So now in these in these podcasts and these episodes, you've become more aware of that from an individualistic, individualistic perspective. And now we're saying, you know, now some of that, and even you have acknowledged some of that stuff too. Say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that, that isn't right. But also we've been able to do that back to you. Cause I remember you said, Hey, I don't want to be known as a white evangelical pastor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which was oblivious to me because I just thought, Oh man, that's just what that that's the box I thought it lived in. Right. So I become a little bit more educated to acknowledge, hey, as as your brother, I don't want to hurt you with that if that's not how you want to be known. So I don't want to live in that space anymore. And that helps me individualistically, but also it helps me to continue with others that I meet to continue to have the conversation with him, with them, and with others that would lead to the system. So the question is, does and again, always, I always want to go back to the premise of the acknowledgement. So we don't acknowledge because of because we are oblivious to what's happening going on. But if we but if we start and stop with the individual, how much of that becomes the privilege that I have to do that? Right. Let, let's right? let's talk for a minute. Let me let's go back to the to the okay. example. And the reason I picked out this example is because I'm going to be doing this with a group. And I'm going to try to help them to get there. And it's going to be very difficult. So I've stepped in front of you. And I've been ushered through. And I see your reaction. I may come over to you after we, we come through. When you come down, I say, you know, I'm really sorry about that. And that that hurt you. Tell, tell me about what you felt like when that when that when I've got in front of you and, and when clear pushed me to the front of the line. They could tell me. I could acknowledge it. We could have a very great discussion about it. That's not a system response. That's an individual response. I now understand. So, okay, let me ask you the question. So are you willing now not to go up to the front anymore? Or are you just willing to acknowledge my pain here with me now? That's nice. I don't have a problem with that. But there is a system in place, $179 a year, that gives me a, uh, a right, an entitlement, to go to the front of the line, and I'm not willing to give that up simply because you're being hurt. What the problem with the system is, the American system is in place, it's not changing. And even though we're having great conversations, are you willing to do something about your privilege to help me because I'm hurting or and others, or are you simply willing to talk to me now and, and continue to enjoy the benefits of the system. 
Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think through. You guys got me thinking today. <laughs> and by the way, everybody who's listening, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. So <laughs> like, Jeff, I was I was done at seven a.m. I was done at seven a.m. I get up at three. Oh my goodness! Well, so you're better off than I am. Um, I'm trying to think it through because I think I was just trying to think through the scripture. Like, if I have privilege, I think what the scripture would say is that I have to use my privilege to bless you. And so I was trying to think: is the answer to give up my clear past, or is the answer to help you get one? Could be. Let me give you a script. Let me give you a scripture. Okay. Why not rather be defrauded? Okay. That if if Paul would say, if eating meat will offend my brother, then I'll eat no more as long as the world stands. If you're being hurt or whatever, why not rather be defrauded on behalf of your brother? Um, yeah, I think that the other side of that is, since eating meat will offend you, I'll get you some too. But I don't want any. So what does that do? Yeah, and I and I would think I would think through things like um, uh, you know if you're required to go one mile, go two. If you you know all of you have something to share, you should share it. Or Paul says, I want equality. You know that that basically if I'm eating, you're eating. So I think I think there's a there's that's why I was like trying to think through because you're really challenging my thinking, which I it's fun. I appreciate it. So. That I don't have a scowl on my face. That's what I look like when I'm in thought. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You're in pain. It doesn't happen a lot. But, but the um, I was trying to think about like if I am taking from you to benefit me, that is a sin. Like I'm I'm being real. The rest. If I have enough to share. So if we're talking, you know, if I can buy everybody in the line of clear pass, now we all get to rise together. So to me, it, and it's probably the context of, of where the offense has happened, you know, or what or what's going on. But if we can bring like, like the guy, I remember back in my history classes when we started, uh, when the United States started the public school system. Uh, the guy that was a big advocate for that said, if you give us public schools, I'll have the jails empty in a year or something like that, he said. And the thought behind it was give everyone the ability to read and write and everyone the ability to advance themselves. That is a way to attack a system. So one way to attack a system is to take it down and, and take privilege away from people who have privilege and equalize everybody. The other way to attack a system is to bring it up and to take people who have privilege and they they have, we would say in this setting, the heart of Jesus, they would take their blessings and they would bless those who, who need to be blessed to bring everybody up. And I suppose it plays out in different situations, different ways. Um, but all of it is kind of tied to this oblivion, you know, and, and being oblivious to something. Um, because I can go to, uh, we do a lot of work in Central Africa in the country of Chad. I can go there and I can say, uh, I have more than you guys do. So I'm going to quit eating and live in a, in a 
a house with no electricity and a thatched roof literally is how they live out in the country. Or I have so much more, I can bless you with it. And I can bring medicines and education with me, taking from my abundance to share with you. And I guess I, that's what I was trying to think about. I was like, is it the same thing? Is it a different thing? Are those well, like I think two you're, you're doing some great, I like what you're doing because you're doing something I try to teach people to do. You can only do it with friends. And that is think out loud. Yeah. <laughs> you're thinking out loud, that's dangerous. It is. A lot dangerous. of people will take advantage of that. But I think that's great. It allows me to see what you're thinking. I hear what you're thinking and, and to see it in a different light. But I'm what I'm working on is a, in, in pushing you a little bit today that, the guy who's who's in the clear line feels entitled to go forward. He's not trying to help anybody. He, he feels entitled. I paid $179. I'm entitled to get in front of you. Now, I got to somehow help him to understand at least what that privilege is and how it's impacting other people. Well, we have, that's a system. Clear is a system. We have an American system that has many whites who feel I have an entitlement to be where I am. I'm not trying to clear anything. I'm not trying to fix it. I'm not trying to help anybody. I'm just trying to, you know, I, I'm oblivious. I'm, I'm sorry you're hurt, whatever the problem is. Maybe I can't even see it. So what happens is you use the word, and I think it's an excellent word. We need to go back to the original sin. Now, we're talking about pain. If I never get back to the original sin, I'm oblivious to the pain. I'm not talking about this sin. I'm not talking about this damage. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about it in all other kinds of ways, but I'm not, I'm unable to get over there and see the pain of other people, what they are going through, because I feel entitled to be where I am. That was. When I think about that, like I, I'm just kind of playing off of your analogy there, Joey. The, the when I come back from uh, Brazil, where my my wife's family is from, or out of the country, and I come into the uh, the United States and I have my uh, uh, U.S. passport, I cut the line. Everybody without a U.S. <laughs> passport is in a is in this windy, painful line. I'm a U.S. citizen, boom, I'm through. I think in that moment, I feel entitled. Like, I'm a U.S. citizen. This right is mine. Absolutely. Sorry, you guys got to wait in your line. I think if I paid $179, I would feel um, like I purchased a service, and what you should do is purchase it, too. Yeah. And I, like your, I like your analogy. When you come <laughs> back into the into the country, there is an American entitlement. There's an entitlement. That's even, that's even better. Yeah, and it's a genuine entitlement. Like, you know, every American citizen is. But the I think that's where my mind was stuck a little bit because I'm like, if, if I have a privilege, right, which is the $179 clear path thing, mm -hmm. which um, I want you to have that privilege, too. And I would like to take my blessings right. and give it to you. If I have an entitlement, right. um, I'm trying to think like uh, what to do with that. Like the, 
Well, that's because you're using the, the words as if they're different. They're not different. Entitlement, okay. privilege, benefit, those are all the same. So when you come back, let's go back to your example. And you're an American citizen and you're saying, I have a privilege. That's the problem. The problem is a black man may come through with the same privilege. Right. But it won't be granted to him. He wouldn't go right through the line? He might not be allowed to go right through the line. Okay. Talk to me about that. See, I'm oblivious to that. Yeah. Yeah. You're oblivious because the American system does not offer the same benefits and privileges to black people. Okay. I hear you. A lady, I was reading an a, a article today on a lady who she went in and she um, she wanted to get a new loan on her house and she got an appraisal. And the appraisal was woefully low, $110,000 or something like that. And it was worth about $250, $260. So what she did is she asked a white friend to go in and to, to do the appraisal for it as if it was his house. Yeah. And her appraisal then was that $260,000. So she's black, she has a privilege as an American, but that privilege is not extended to her. Denied her. It's denied to her. And the people who are doing that feel that they are doing the right thing because they are a part of a system that the privileges only go, that's why we call it white privilege, to the whites, doesn't go to her. Yeah, I, I think that that helps to clarify for me because I'm the the idea that uh, I jump the line, but my black friend behind me gets put into the security check kind of a thing. That makes more sense to me. Where I would I would look at that and um, I can compute that. I think if my if that happened to my friend. I, I really agree with, I think you, I think both of you guys are saying this, I really agree with this idea that empathy, if it doesn't translate into actions, is a little bit useless, right? So me being like, I'm sorry, that's a bummer. I think when, when you engage people personally and they can start to make sense of what you're saying, I think the responsibility shifts to the people of power to affect the system. Jeff, so, you are you are you hitting that nail all on the head <laughs> today, man. See, so systems, let's talk about this for a minute, then then Kim's jumping in. Systems are set to benefit those who are in power. Right. So and I believe they'll never change. Well, but I would unless somebody does a whole lot of something. And as a Christ follower, I think you have a spiritual responsibility. So like when you look at eldership in the church, which is a system, the number one directive is you do not lord it over people, right? And Jesus, being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be great. He gave himself, made himself a servant. And that's, that's you know, you guys, um, when we started, Kim, you were talking about when we started this whole thing. And uh, uh, you talked about how, like, I didn't know you guys were in pain, things like that. I'm like, that's right, I didn't. And then I'm like, and now I have a responsibility because I do. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not just that my friends mm-hmm. are in pain, which really bothers me. 
but we're we're elders in the church of akron ohio and when the when you guys tell me like the church of akron ohio is in pain i'm like well, wait a minute now as an elder uh, in that church i have a responsibility so absolutely. The absolutely. No, I think that's great. Absolutely. And so here we're, we're talking systems today, Kim. So what, hap <laughs> so what happens is that some people become aware of their obliviousness. Yeah. And when they do, the system says, we will not deal with you. We will shame you. And we will do everything we can to keep the system in place. It's not just the system that once we acknowledge it, it goes away. It doesn't go anywhere. It's still there and it fights to maintain that power, that privilege, that, um, that to keep the order of the system. And sometimes in systems that's good, sometimes in this case, it's bad and it can hurt you. Let's talk about family systems for a minute. There is a, a relative that's abusing somebody. Everybody acts as if they're oblivious. I can't see it. In this case, obliviousness is hurting somebody. How do we deal with that when the family doesn't want to see it? And if you bring it up, we punish you for bringing it up, by the way. That's what's going on in America. So it isn't that what we're doing here is wonderful because I'm trying to highlight something that most people can't see. Now, once you see it, now where do we go from there? Okay, so that's the, that's the answer to your question, Brother Kemp. So we, I gotta see the pain, I, got, I have to acknowledge it. I have to be, before we can make some, some uh, definitive um, movement and what's going to take place. And then I'm going to, the system's going to do all it can to fight back. So, so when you talk about, you know, you have to see the pain. So let's go back to the example of the person that's being abused within the family, right? Right. It's one thing for somebody to say, hey, I'm being abused. Is it another thing for me to see the bruises on your face to say, now that I see it, now we act on it, we can move on. Right. And it's another thing to care enough to put up with what I'm going to face if I attempt mm. to address it. That's right. Because and it's that's where we are in America. System. If yeah. I attempt to address it, guess what? Now I'm in pain. Yeah. Because if I address it, and let's go back to the family system, and it's a patriarch or a matriarch of that family who's highly respected, now you're going to catch flat because, man, you coming against father such and such, mama such and such, which, which again, built the system, if you will, Right. Are you ready to really go and dive into the deep end of that? You better be ready. I want to go back for a minute because I'm, I'm still working with Jeff. I want him to, to understand my metaphor. And if it's not working, I want to change it before I have a next, before my next meeting. When I pay $179, I feel entitled, privileged. I feel that I have this benefit. Now, whether I pay for it or not, I feel, Americans feel, that they are entitled, and they may feel that they've paid for it, to American privileges and benefits. So whether the $179 is immaterial, what's material is I feel like I'm, I'm entitled to this, and I think that I've paid for it. You don't think Americans feel like they've paid for it? 
Yeah, sure they do. And the, yeah, I do think that, I, I think, um, I think, I think what I, I just, I kind of keep struggling with is in that scenario, what I would want to do is help you have that privilege too. The, if I was born into something that you were also born into, but denied the privileges of, which is the citizenship conversation. Right. Um, then I feel like I should advocate. Sure. Right. Sure. And, um, and uh, stand for yeah, you're helping me out. You're helping me out today. This is a you're great welcome. discussion. I write, I write his sermons for It's a great way. discussion. So let me go back and, and ask you a question. And this is going to be something that, once again, you may be oblivious to, but you're coming into new knowledge. So you're assuming that because I paid $179, everybody can pay $179. No, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm saying, I'm assuming that that I would want to help you if you couldn't pay it. How can you help me? I might have more wealth than you do. I might be able to uh, figure out how to get it discounted. I might come along beside you and scholarship it. You know, those kind of things. I would, I yeah. would use my abundance to bless someone who didn't. Yeah, you're, you're, once again, this is a great discussion. You're talking on an individualistic level. I'm talking on a system-wide level. So everybody in that line who gets in that line every day from now on, who gets bypassed by people who paid $179, how do you help them? Well, in that in that analogy, you couldn't because we would all just be in a $179 line then. <laughs> right? So we, we would all just wind up in the same line. Or like you said, let's think it through. Um, we get rid of $179, we give the privilege to everybody. Then so now you don't have Okay, now you don't have privilege. <laughs> right. that, that's, that's brilliant. Now you yeah. don't have privilege. Right. So right. in America, what happens if we do what we think we ought to do, then you don't have privilege. Mm. We can't even think that way. Because yeah, the systems won't allow us to think that way. So that so I want you to understand. I think what you said, the beginning conversation, starting with individualism, is great. But there comes a point when I cannot think about what the ultimate answer is: not having privilege, giving everybody what we would call equity or equality. Yeah, I, I see that when it comes to like human dignity and human rights and access to the gospel and all those kind of things. If you play that out fight like financially, economically, then you have socialism. So like everybody's poor. If you if you play out generosity, then uh, those who have more share with those who have less. And some are going to be more privileged than others, but others will be more privileged than they were. And and I think that's where that runs into a-, yeah. a, a I'm certainly not saying 
that everybody ought to be the same economically. I'm certainly not saying that. You, there are, I'm talking about what you're talking about, basic human rights. Yeah, that one now, I agree with yeah. you because they're God-given. Right. So That's because, what I've done now, but let me not go because the Constitution step. says so, but because we're created in sure. the image of God. The sure. but let's go. That. Let's go to the second step. Socialism does not frighten me. It frightens American evangelicals, but it does not frighten me because countries around the world give health care to every citizen. Right. That's partial socialism. Mm Americans, we won't do that because we're afraid we're going to create some kind of socialism. Uh, Brother Kemp, you asked the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? A socialistic society trying to help people who, could be, who got there on their own or trying to help people that the system injured mm. from the beginning and have never caught up. Now I'm trying to think that through a little bit because if you if you look at um, if you look at elements of a society, uh, there is no such thing as a purely socialistic society or a purely capitalistic society. Like it's it's mixed, and ours is always mixed. That's why some people pay more taxes than other people, sure. and all these kind of things. Sure. So, um, and, and you can say, well, let's be pure capitalists. I'm like, well, we can't, we don't build roads and bridges that way. That's a socialist act. So you could even do that with healthcare, I suppose, if you, if you wanted to. I think what I'm saying is that I think there's a place that, the that biblically the tables turn. And one place that it turns is if I'm greedy and I have privilege, and I do not want to share it with you because I do not want to lose my power and I don't want to lose my privilege. Another place that that turns is I'm greedy because I don't have what you have. Mm -hmm. And I want your money and I want your power. And I'm like some, somewhere in there, the system is actually the, the body of Christ where some are wealthier, some are poorer, but all the needs are met. And when Paul calls for equality, that's what he's calling for. Yeah, is, yep. is, is, I agree. Is saying those things. And, and I think, so part of what I would say is, I don't know, I don't know. I think about it. You get, Joey, you're going to keep me up all night. Yeah, you're you going to be deep into this. Brother. I had to call you at two in the morning. <laughs> the, the uh, I don't know that there's a worldly system, America, Right. That can be fixed. I think God created a different system, the sure. kingdom of God, sure. which works in this equity despite our differences. Brother Kemp, I'm getting ready to end the podcast. I don't know if anybody will be listening after today, but we will. <laughs> we, we shall have them for ourselves. We'll just enjoy the, the time together because um, I'm going to say something extremely blasphemous. Um, capitalism is not a Christian system. Oh, well, I agree with that. Worldly system. That's right, 100%. Yeah. So what we need is to operate as Christians and attempt to impact the world for Christ, even though in the final analysis, we shall never Christianize the world. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. And, and I think that's what I'm trying to say is, I think, I think sometimes as Christ followers, we get caught up on fixing the country instead of building yep. the kingdom. Yep, absolutely. We're in and, agreement. And the kingdom, all of these uh, injustices and economic things and financial things, they play out when the kingdom is lived out. Amen. When, when I see uh, myself or other people being greedy, being selfish, lording power over, those are issues of, of uh, lack of Christ-likeness in my life. When I see the system of America do it, I'm like, well, it's just another worldly yep. system that's broken. It's going to function that way. It always abuses people. Yep. I agree. I think we're... Um... Jeff, you shocked me. I didn't know you were going to agree, but but <laughs> praise God. Hey, praise God. Um, it's just biblical. Yeah, here's the problem. Um, so ultimately, we are the kingdom of God, which we've lost. Now we're the church. We don't know when the kingdom became the church and all that. that that's another whole discussion. And maybe perhaps my ultimate response is to be crucified for the good of my brother and yeah. sister. And that's where, once again, privilege systems, and now, now, now let's widen it a little bit. Not, not one system. It's not just one system. It's the American system. It's the family system. It's the economic system. It's the media system on TV. <laughs> it's not just one system. All of these systems are interacting. They're dynamic. And they make it difficult for people to respond in a Christ-like manner. Yeah, they're, they're all godless. And the, and I, I see, um, like, I'll, I'll, I'll switch the shoe on us here for a second. You always do this, Joey. This is what this feels like. So I'll, I'll switch this shoe on you. I tell you, as a as a white person and pastor, um, I think this conversation that we've had this last year is the first time that I've been invited into a conversation about race with with uh, African American brothers. Everybody else tells me what to say and think, or what they <laughs> think I should say and think, and and they don't know me. Right. So they, they make all kinds of assumptions about those those kind of things. And I'll get uh, pressures like, uh, well, your church should be more integrated. And I'm like, well, I'm I, that, I'm great with that. The black community is going to have to serve me. Because if if some black families don't come and make grace their home. It, it, it and this is kingdom of God stuff. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm, I don't want to be oblivious. I want to change a system. I can't just go change a system. Now we have to serve each other and love each other if we actually want to see those things shift around. And uh, there, somebody's going to have to break the color barrier. Somebody's going to have to speak to each other in love. Somebody's going to have to have conversations like we're good at having. And, and, in the kingdom of God, all of that can happen. 
I rarely, kind of on the other side of, of the coin, so to say, I rarely get anybody that will help me because I'm pretty willing. I'm like, I, I can't, what am I going to do? Run an ad? I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, ha- it flows both ways. And that is, that is where all of that starts to, uh, to serve. The, the old timers used to say, you have to humble down. You know, you got to get humble and I got to get humble. And then we have our commitment is to make uh, the kingdom of God play out on earth. That stuff, that that's where I think that you start to actually make the change and you get like past those individual barriers. Sure. They, the, the collective thing that we're going to work on is like the local church and then move out from there. I like it. I like it, brother Jeff. I like it. I I think too, you know, just to piggyback on what you're saying, Pastor Jeff, I think it's, you know, you said that um, you hadn't been invited into some of these conversations and there's probably the white pastor who will say the same thing. I think the difference becomes you were invited in to the conversation, but you didn't also, well, from what I saw, you haven't postured yourself in a sense of defensiveness either. Yeah. That's- and, I think, and I think there's some that when they get into these type of conversations, they posture themselves to defend versus to really help to listen, which goes back to the whole premise that we are in today, right? Like how, how can we help people to heal when nothing's being acknowledged? Yeah. When, when what you've allowed to do and what you've broken through whether it's in myself or Bishop or any of our listening audience out there is you've helped healing to happen because you've been able to acknowledge, first of all, your obliviousness to even the pain of some of these things, right? But then to also just kind of listen and to say, okay, man, I was unaware of that, but man, thank you for sharing that and talking, right. talking to me through it, which opened the gate for you to be vulnerable also with us yep. to make certain statements and say, you know what? I didn't want to be seen like this, but man, I hate that I am. And so I, I think it's, I don't think you're giving yourself a, you know, I'm going to give you the credit because you won't give it to yourself. It's one thing to be invited in. It's another thing to stay in the conversation though. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think yep. there's been times when people have been invited in, but they've chosen to take themselves out of the conversation because they want they want to get into a debate or an argument and they want to be disagreeable just for the sake of being disagreeable. Let's um let, let me go back for a minute. And I think we should stop here because I think we we have hit this thing. I think we're right center where we need to be. Let, let's go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do Jeff now. He he did me, so I'm gonna do him. I'm gonna switch. <laughs> I'm gonna flip the switch on the script. On this the all the time. I did it once. Well, thank you, thank you. Let me do it for a minute here. So the system not only affects white people, it affects black people, mm-hmm. and black people don't trust the system, are hypersensitive and vigilant towards whites and and parts of the system, don't trust the healthcare system, don't trust. And so that's the impact, another impact of the system, not white privilege, but black suspicion. Mm. I'm not sure I can trust you. I'm not sure I can all of that kind of stuff. So that's that's on our on our behalf. So you won't hear it. You won't hear it. Acknowledged many times, because 
We're more, more interested in how do I get this? How do I get that? How do we move beyond this? How do we move it? Well, part of it is when somebody does, when you let somebody in and they do do that, then you acknowledge it, you accept it, you walk in it. Mm-hmm. You did, but if you're but if you're suspicious, and there's a high degree of suspicion in the black neighborhood, that's the reason why we have what we have. That's the reason why COVID is 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 disproportionately affecting the black neighborhood because we don't trust the 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 the, the healthcare system because of Tuskegee and those kind of things. So we don't want to go. I don't I don't believe it. I don't. Well, that's all another whole part. Yeah, and I I. I just think, um, I, I know we all agree on this, but when we can break through those things, crisis, because when I, when you guys challenge me or I challenge you, I'm not, I'm not really thinking of that as a black man challenging. I'm thinking that as a brother. I am sharpening iron. That's right. That's right. And I'm like, well, that, that my trust doesn't have to be cultural it has to be spiritual i have to trust your heart my heart we're trying to serve jesus if i can start there then we can talk about the cultural things and we can like figure that like uh, that's where like the light bulbs can come on you know because i'm not defending the culture or vice versa kind of thing right right and this is where i just believe so strongly that the church man if we the church has to be the answer to this. I think the church uh, can be, the, I agree with you. I think the church can be the answer. I think one of the things we can talk about next time it, are the are the in, are the barriers mm, that when we good. end up talking, it almost sounds like, well, there's the answer. Let's do that. Yeah. And then you got 402 years of white privilege, 402 years of suspicion. How do we do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you had to want to, we're hitting one of them. One of them is personal relationship. Mm-hmm. So let, I don't know go. any white folks. I don't know any black folks. At least we're 75% of white people don't. That's going to be hard. Yeah, 75%, 75%. When that stack showed up, I'm like, there's most of our problem. It's a big or part. at least a, at least most of our problem getting to the starting blocks on this. It's a big part of yeah. it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so Bishop, when you say barriers, the barriers to what? Barriers to let's just call it, let's get down to the to the bottom line. Barriers to authentic interaction, connection, and relationship. Because can I trust you? I mean, we just want to get down to the bottom line. Can I trust you? And I don't think there's been, for me or Jeff, or um, excuse me, Pastor Jeff, for me or Pastor Jeff, I don't think there's ever been a situation or with you where we're saying, sitting here saying, I don't know if I can trust you. Yeah. That would be a deal breaker. Right, right. Yeah, I, I know um, just my time of, of, of talking to Pastor Jeff, that's one of the things he said about it. It's like, hey, man, I trust your leadership. I trust you. And, you know, that's a huge thing that that, that leads and got us all. Yeah, it's, it's that, huge. 
Uh, and so, so I don't believe, even if Jeff hurt me, which I don't think he ever could because he's so loving, but even <laughs> if he did, even if he did, I would know it was not from his heart. It was something that was overlooked, not seen or whatever. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I, I really agree. This will be a great conversation next time because that's what allows me to consider things I don't, I haven't heard before, or maybe even don't agree with each other. Uh, it's because I trust where I trust you guys, like where you're coming from. You're saying things in love. That there's a freedom to push back. You know that uh, there's not a a, a scorning for being. Uh, blind to something it, it's massive with all of it yeah let's next time I, I i would suggest and of course um dr kemp he is the arbitrator of what we can talk about and can't talk about but i would suggest that we talk about the uh, you cannot um I'm trying to think who said this one one stephen fowl he's a uh systematic theologian said one time, you cannot do theology with enemies. Yeah, it's good. You can only do it with friends because when you disagree and you go through all of that at the end, your friendship will still be intact. So I think we need to talk about that. Then the next step for barriers is to talk about the politicization of religion where we no longer have Christianity in America. We have Republican Christianity. We have Democratic Christianity. <laughs> We're I'm in trouble. Going on that. <laughs> We're in <laughs> trouble. We're in. And so in yeah. we want to just deal with those kind of things and put the gospel and the church and the kingdom back where they ought to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wait. Listen, Bishop, can you pray for us as we go out, man? Because this was some heavy stuff today, but some good stuff. Absolutely. So want to pray over this conversation and discussion for sure. Absolutely. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be able to interact with friends around real issues and have struggles and interact and still love each other and, uh, and, and even feel that your spirit is impacting and perhaps leading us in ways that we had not even anticipated. So thank you today for what we've experienced. We pray that people are impacted by uh, our own personal relationships and the things that we are uh, attempting to live out and to work out even sometimes right on the podcast. So thank you. I pray for these two brothers in their churches and I pray for anyone who's gonna be listening or watching. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Brothers, thank you again for, man, your wisdom, your authenticity, on another episode of the podcast. I want to say thank you to our audience. And if you have anything, any questions or comments, you can reach out to us on the intersection at loveakron.com. Peace. We'll see you next time here on the intersection. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of The Intersection, where we look at how everything intersects and brings us all back to Jesus. You can subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. You can reach out to us with questions or comments at intersection at loveakron.com. That's intersection at loveakron.com. And we'll see you next time at the intersection. <laughs>